from the book of John. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and without him not one thing came into being. What has come into being in him was life, and the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify to the light so that all might believe through him. He himself was not the light, but he came to testify to the light, the true light, which enlightens everyone who is coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world came into being through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to what was his own, and his own people did not accept him. But to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave power to become children of God, who were born not of blood or the will of the flesh or the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and lived among us, and we have seen his glory, the glory as of a father's only son, full of grace and truth. The gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please be seated. Grace and peace to you from God, our Father, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Let's Amen. pray. Gracious God, we give you thanks for the gift of your Son, Jesus. We ask you to open our hearts and minds to receive the great love you have given us through him. Amen. Well, today is Christmas, and even though it's only mid-morning, for many, it can seem like Christmas is almost over. On the commercial side of things, all the Christmas shopping is done, and throughout the next couple of months, many of the stores will have everything related to Christmas either off the shelf or on sale. On the home front, many families are winding down from all the Christmas celebrations. The parties are pretty much over, and the gifts have been opened by now. So Christmas Day has become the day to sit back, relax, and enjoy a quiet meal. For many families, Christmas is already waning. And for many churches, Christmas celebrations, they're pretty much over too. Many simply do not have a Christmas Day worship. For them, Christmas Eve is the day of the Christmas season. And that's when large crowds just love to attend worship. And I can see why people love it. I look forward to it myself. On Christmas Eve, we come in from the cold, dark night and into the warm, inviting sanctuary. We're all excited and we're looking forward to hearing the familiar Christmas story of Jesus' birth. And the music, there's something about the beautiful music that just seems to transport us to a sacred place of joy and holiness, especially at the end of worship, when the lights are dimmed, everybody's given a small candle and Pretty soon, all the faces are glowing in the candlelight as we sing Silent Night. There's just a feeling of being drawn into another world, a world of beauty and hope, a world of promise and wonder. But now it's Christmas, and oh, what a difference a day makes. Today at worship, everything's different, very different. This worship is much more casual, and it's not mysterious at all. 
Yes, it's still probably cold out there, but it's not dark, it's daylight. So there are no faces glowing in candlelight. There are just the bright electrical lights of reality. Reality. Pretty soon, we will all be back to reality. And some of us are already there because there's just not much Christmas excitement left to distract us from all the problems of our everyday life. And the reality is we do all have problems. Problems like loneliness, health issues, or financial struggles. And after all the excitement and the buildup of the last couple of months, some of you may be exhausted or feel just a bit let down. Now what, you may say? What does all this really mean? In the harsh light of reality, you may ask yourselves, how does a tiny baby born so long ago really change anything for me or anybody else? In our gospel reading this Christmas morning, the Apostle John answers these questions, and he answers them in the form of a hymn, a hymn with lyrics that give us a very different way of looking at the birth of Jesus. These verses don't tell us about his birth by zooming in to take a close look at a cozy nativity scene. There are no angels visiting surprised shepherds in the middle of the night. Mary and Joseph aren't mentioned, and Jesus isn't even called by name. Instead of zooming in, John zooms out to show us the big picture. Like a sensitive poet with a vision of an eagle, John zooms out, giving us a cosmic view. He zooms out to give us a big picture going back, way, way back, back to the beginning. It's as if John is responding with musical joy to all that God has done in the world from day one. He is singing praises to God, and as he does, he is revealing to us the cosmic Christ, the Christ of power and majesty. In the beginning, the lyrics say, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. All things came into being through him, and without him, not one thing came into being. It turns out that Christ was here long before Christmas. He was here at the beginning, creating heaven and earth. Then John describes the birth of Jesus. And the word became flesh and lived among us. And we have seen his glory, the glory as of a father's only son, full of grace and truth. John gets right to the point. Right off the bat, he tells us who Jesus is, where he came from, and why he was born into the world. Jesus is God's word made flesh. Jesus is God incarnate. And he is here right now, living with us, continuing to create, empower, and support all life. He's continuing to reveal truth and grace to you and to the whole world. Well, because John describes Jesus as God's word made flesh, you could say that Jesus' ministry, his words and actions, are like God's voice in the world. God's voice on compassion, justice, and love. God's voice on how to live, how to love, and how to be in the world. Bishop Craig Satterley of Michigan, he agrees with this idea, and he takes it even a step further. He suggests that we think about Jesus not just as God's voice in the world, but as God's love song to the world. Now, because God is love, 
I like the idea of Jesus being God's love song to the world. If he were, if Jesus is really God's love song to the world, that would mean it's, his song is unlike any you've ever heard. This love song is holy, sacred, profound. This love song brings new life. And this love song was written for you because God loves you wildly, passionately. In fact, God is head over heels with love for you. So on this Christmas morning, when I imagine Jesus as God's love song to the world, I picture him just continually singing love into every aspect of your life. And as I picture this, I imagine so many different ways that we can hear God's love song. One way is through nature. Have you ever been out walking or sitting in a park when all of a sudden it begins to rain? Sometimes you feel the first drop on your face, splat. Then you hear it drop on the ground next to you, plop, then another one, plop. Pretty soon it's just full out raining. And if you live in the Northwest, you've heard that rain tap against your windows or beat against the ground. So what do you think? Could the sound of raindrops be the rhythmic sound of God's voice singing life to the earth? And what about children at play this Christmas? Could they be responding to the melody of God's love echoing in their hearts and minds? And what about little babies? We just happen to have one here today. Catherine, would you bring David up? Babies have a... There's just something about them that brings us joy and delight. And this is little David. Hi, David. <laughs> How old is David? He's almost eight months. Well, he's a little bit older than a little baby that I happened to meet the other day. And I had the joy of blessing her when she was only three weeks old and her head was so tiny. But I remember the joy and the delight when I just put my hand on that soft tuft of hair. It just, I couldn't help but smile. <laughs> it was such a blessing. But I can hear you giggling too. I mean, it, they just make you smile, don't they? Okay, thanks, Catherine. But babies do, they just have such a wonderful way of delighting us all. The smiles and the joy and even the awe that people express when they see a tiny baby or hold a little one. Well, I think all these responses are inspired by the melody of God's love. And like those little children, I think God is singing love to you too, continually, every day. God's love song, Jesus, is always with you to enfold, help, and sustain you in the darkest times of your life and to joyfully celebrate with you in the best of times. You are God's dearly beloved children, and as a child of God, you're invited to join his choir. You and me and all of us, we're all invited to join Christ's voice in singing God's love to the world even in the midst of all the world's realities, especially in the midst of all the world's realities. And there's so many ways to do that. God's love song to the world can be heard through you when you care for the beautiful world that God created. You can join God's triumphant love song whenever you forgive a wrong done to you. 
Or when you, who are powerful, make room for those who are powerless, when you welcome them and when you use your power to embrace and empower them. You are singing God's love song loudly when you step into the reality of injustice, when you speak up and work to stop any kind of injustice, like racism, sexism, or bullying. There are times when this love song can best be heard in silence. And we can join in that kind of singing too. I know many of you have done it. It's those times when you sit with someone who is heartbroken or sick or numb from loss. When you sit but you don't say one thing. Simply through your presence, you sit quietly with someone who is suffering. That's when God's love song, Jesus, is present. He is present in the sound of silence. I think there's times when Christ's presence is felt and heard most profoundly in the silence. But these are just a few of the ways we can join in the love song. I'm sure you can think of many others because there are so many different ways to do that. Through compassion and acts of justice, you can join your voices with God's love song to the world. And when you do, you are joining in with the voices of God's great choir, voices of yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Voices singing God's peace, hope, and love to the world. You know, there's just something about a good love song. When a song is good, the melody, the rhyme, they stick with you. You find yourself humming the tune, singing the words, and smiling long after the song's ended. But of all the songs you will ever hear, the most excellent song is Jesus. And this song has no end. We hear it loudly today on Christmas Day when we celebrate the birth of Jesus. But even after Christmas Day, this love song will continue. He will continue to sing peace, hope, and love to everything and everyone in the world, now and forever. So for those who say Christmas is almost over, back to reality, our gospel reading this morning is a reminder that God's loving presence in the world through Jesus Christ is the reality a reality full of grace and truth that touches every aspect of your life, a reality so full of beauty and love that Jesus can truly be called God's love song to the world today and forevermore. Amen.